Um, it's, it's always our privilege to have people come and worship with us. Uh, this morning is a little bit different than normal. Um, last Sunday night at our family meeting, uh, that's what we call business meetings, we voted uh, with a 98% affirmation, actually over 98% affirmation, uh, to move forward in buying this building and adding on to this building at the same time. Um, and so this morning, if you were at that meeting, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about this morning is, is a little bit redundant. But I just think it's important to get everybody that calls Wellspring home or is visiting with us on, uh, on board kind of in the direction that we're moving. It's so important in the life of our church uh, that everybody be on board and know where we're going, where we're moving, and, and why we're doing it. And so this morning, it's not a typical sermon. Uh, come back next week, please. Please come back next week. We're going we're gonna to kick off a sermon series next week that's going to be um, awesome. I think it's going to challenge us here in 2014. But this morning, I just want to take one, one Sunday morning and, and look at the, the direction that we're going as a church. The, the building uh, that, we have, that we believe uh, God has given us um, so that we can have maximum impact. For the sake of the gospel here in Southwest Missouri as a church that we call Wellspring. And so uh, my, my uh, desire this morning is to compel you to join us if you are a guest. And if you're a member here, to, to go all in and, and, to, uh, and to give towards that end. And so to do that this morning, I just want to look at three things. Uh, I want to look at the why we're doing this, the what we're doing exactly, and then how we're going to get there. The why, the what, and the how. Before we do, I want to just kind of share, share with you a little story. When I was a freshman in college, my dad um, took our family from Southeast uh, Virginia. If you've never been to Southeast Virginia, uh, that's one step from heaven. No, I'm just kidding. That's hope for me, so that's why I say that. Southeast Virginia moved from Southeast Virginia up to Northern Virginia, where he was going to be the pastor of a little church where I would eventually meet Mary Jo. And when we got there, we pulled into... The parking lot, we just sat there. It's kind of a weird way when you're going to, to, to talk to a church. It's kind of weird. You just kind of sit in the car and you kind of watch. Well, a guy came, came out to our car, met us, and was going to show us around the, the building, the, the, that little church there. And he came out to the car, met our family, uh, introduced himself. And then he said, before I show you the church, I want to take you up to this little white chapel. It's a one-room chapel. And, and I want to show you that before we go into the building. So we walked up there and we, we walked past a, a little graveyard and I looked at the, the, the years, 1700 and 1800, an old, old graveyard. And we walked past that up to this little one room white chapel. We got to the door and he stopped us and he said, let me just tell you a little bit about this chapel. He said, when we first uh, got to the new world, uh, we being the, the settlers, when they first got to the new world, uh, before we had even signed the Constitution, um, George Washington, who was a surveyor by trade, uh, went around the Washington, D.C. area and picked out three plots of land that he was going to set aside for the, uh, for the purpose of worship. That's the, that was the only purpose that he wanted these three spots of land to be set aside for. This white chapel was one of those spots that he set aside for the purpose of of worship. It wasn't the same building because that had been destroyed during the Civil War. But they rebuilt it and it was still on the same exact footprint that the original building was built for the purpose of worship. Then we walked inside and we looked at that little one-room chapel and it was cool. But I remember thinking, as I walked back out, 
the only time in my life until we started Wellspring Church. I remember thinking for the only time, I wonder why he picked this spot for worship. I wonder whose land it was. I wonder if they sold it or if they just gave it. I wonder how much it costs. I wonder who, by the sweat of their brow, built this church. I wonder if they had a capital campaign or I wonder if just one person decided to sign the check. I wonder when they swung the doors open on the first day at Page Chapel, who walked in. You see, for most of us, we just show up to a church and it's always been there. I mean, maybe you move into a new town or you move into a new uh, uh, area of, of town and you just find the closest church or maybe you go to a particular church because that's where your family grew up. And you never really think all the way back to the Genesis, the beginning of that church. Why this church? How much did it cost? You just show up there. But I remember thinking, that about that little white chapel. And then as we started this church, it drew my mind drew back to that time. Because here's what I think, and here's what I'm hoping to compel you to this morning. I think being part of a new church, a church that's just getting off the ground, that's buying its building, its, uh, its first building or its first piece of property, building its first edition, is the most exciting thing outside of raising your own kids. And training them up in the admonition of the Lord. And I would include grandkids in that. Outside of that, the most exciting thing you can do is be a part of a new church. Because here's why. It will outlast you. It will outlive you. And it will out-impact you. I can guarantee you, George Washington and the people that showed up that first day at Page Church never thought 200, 250 years later, a freshman in college would walk up here wondering. I wonder who was here the first day. And yet, that church is still reaching people in the Northern Virginia area for the sake of the gospel. And that's exactly what I believe, based on the authority of Scripture, that Wellspring is going to do. After you and I are on the other side of eternity, people will still be reached for the sake of the gospel in this area, if the Lord so tarries. And you won't be here to see it, but you will be part of it. And that is awesome. To me. And we have the opportunity, the chance to be a part of it. So this morning, I, would, I just want to talk to you about three things, the why we're doing it, how or what we're going to do, and then how it's going to be done. First is why. Why, I have a, a little PowerPoint, the question why, if you remember back to October 27th, I remember that because of my superb memory, No, I wrote it down, uh, I talked about this uh, this building that we were going uh, under the leadership of the elders. We were going to uh, uh, rent, continue to lease this building while adding on a part of it because we didn't feel like we could do them both at the same time. Well, since that time, some information has come to us that the person that owns this building has has some financial difficulties as it pertains to it, and we're worried that we could lose it if we don't move to buy it now. So as a result, we brought it to the church, and they affirmed that decision. At that, that morning, I told the story about Nehemiah. Nehemiah is an Old Testament uh, prophet, really, and uh, he, he was a leader. And uh, he's one of my favorite Old Testament characters because he was in uh, 
he was the cupbearer to a king. And he got word that his, that his nation, his people's nation, the nation of, of Israel, and specifically the city of Jerusalem, was in turmoil. It was a disaster. And he was told that the walls had been destroyed, people were in economic ruin, and his heart became burned for the city. So he went to the king and he said, hey, my, my, my people are in trouble, and the city of my ancestors is in rubble. Can I go and help rebuild it? The king gave his favor to Nehemiah. So Nehemiah took a trip to Jerusalem. And whenever he got to Jerusalem, his heart broke. And he said, there's so many things that I can do. There's so many things that have to be done. We need to build an economy here. We need to put government officials in place. There's so much that could be done. But if I can only do one thing, I've got to rebuild the wall. And he came up on turmoil. The same about came to him and tried to get him off the wall. And he said, no, I've got, I'm doing a good work and I'm not coming down until it's done. Sambalat came back and he said, no, I'm doing a good work and I'm not coming off the wall until it's done because there's so much that could be done. But there's one thing I have to do. I got to rebuild the wall. And on that day, I paralleled that to our church. And I said, so many times in churches, we, we're, we're scattered thin and there's so much that could be done. There's so many things that we could do over here and there's so many things that we could do over here. But as Wellspring Church, there's only one thing that we must do. It's the reason that we exist. It's our vision. It's our purpose. And it goes like this. It says this, that we exist. Wellspring Church exists to glorify God by making disciples of all nations through gospel-centered worship, service, and community. And believe it or not, our elders put buying a building through the filter of this vision. If, if buying a building will allow us to make disciples of all nations through gospel-centered worship service and community, and we believe the Lord's moving, moving in that direction, then we're going to move. If, if that means going to the other side of the earth, because, it means, because, because we want to make disciples of all nations, then that's what we're going to do. And we have already begun moving in that direction. Whatever it takes to make disciples of all nations, we're moving towards that end. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. Because we believe that that is what's going to give us the maximum impact to make disciples here in, in southwest Missouri through gospel-centered worship, service, and community. And we believe that this building and the addition that we're going to build will allow us to further reach that purpose and that need. Here's the thing. If you don't understand the why, the, what, what I'm going to talk about next, the what and the how, really becomes confusing. Why would a church of our size, of a couple hundred people, uh, choose to buy and build at the same time? Well, that's an easy answer because that will help us glorify God by making disciples of all nations through gospel centered worship, service, and community. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. The question now is, what, is it going to, what are we going to do and how are we going to get there? So the, the, the second thing is what? I want to show you some pictures of what it's going to look like. Right here at the top, on the, on the left side, those doors on the top left side are the doors that you came through this morning. That, that enters into the lobby, and then to the left would be the worship center. To the right, where that little box is, is what the addition is going to look like. It's going to be about 1,600 square feet. It's going to have four 
uh, rooms. The reason that we feel like this is important as elders is because uh, currently every room, the three that we have, um, are taken. In addition to that, some of our older kids have to move into the lobby once we start our worship service. That works for a little while, but that's not a permanent solution. In addition, we have a group of people that, that meet here during the week, and they have to meet in toddler rooms. In fact, they'll even come and they'll meet in the office. And that's, a, that's a, an all right solution for making disciples, but that's not a permanent solution. And so we believe that by building these rooms, this addition to the right there, that that will allow us to make disciples of all nations through gospel-centered worship, service, and community. That addition is going to go on the west side of our building. Basically, it's going, to, it's going to look like this room on the other side, except for it's going to have four classrooms. Um, if you look at the bottom part, I'm sorry, uh, Jubilee, if you go back to that last one, if you look at the bottom part, the, the, uh, that's the west. That's basically where the dumpster is looking back at the building, and it'll come out towards the west on our current building. Next uh, slide shows you the inside. On the top right corner, you kind of see those double doors. That's, that's our, our uh, current entrance. You walk into the lobby. That way is the worship center. This way is our addition. The four classrooms with the, the hallway going right down the middle there. And the reason that we're doing that is so that we can make disciples, followers of Christ, that look a little bit more like Jesus today than they did yesterday. And we'll look a little bit more like Christ tomorrow than we do today. And this building, we believe, will help us as a church fulfill that mission and that purpose and vision. So that's what we're going to build along with buying this current facility. So how are we going to do it? How, how are we going to do it? The building purchase price, which we negotiated before we ever stepped foot in here in a lease, before we ever signed a lease, we, we signed or we uh, agreed to a purchase price for the owner. And that price is $285,000. In addition, the, the building project, the addition that we want to build, is $65,000. Now, if you know anything about construction, that may seem a little bit low, and that is, uh, that is right. We have a couple people that have a background in construction or are currently in construction, and they have donated already some of their services and some of their resources to this, which has lowered the price down to $65,000. The total then uh, of the estimated building, purchase price and addition, $350,000. Next slide. We already have $35,000 in the bank for the specific purpose of buying this building. We knew a year ago when we started that we were going to one day want to buy a place. So we started putting aside money, we being the elders, started putting aside money for that distinct purpose. In the last year, we've raised $35,000 for that purpose without ever talking about it, without ever pushing it, because we knew that this day was going to come. In addition to that, we've put $10,000, we've, we've paid the owner $10,000 in advance rent for taxes and, and those purposes. That will be credited back to us at closing. So the total outs, or so we have uh, we have a total of forty five thousand dollars towards the building and the addition currently on hand or already paid to the owner. Next slide. So the total is three hundred fifty. We have forty five thousand dollars already towards it for an outstanding balance of three hundred five thousand dollars. So how are we going to do that? I think that the easiest way that that we could probably do this is if somebody, maybe you, 
Write a check for $305,000. Believe it or not, nobody in the first service wrote it either. No. Basically, what we need is we need $10,000 more than we already have on hand for a down payment, for 20% down payment. So what we're asking and what we're praying for is over the next two and a half months that you would ask God what you can give above and beyond your tithe if you've tithed here already. If you, if you, if you are, are uh, a guest, this does not pertain to you. I'm not here soliciting your money. This is, this is for Wellspring Church. All we want from you is a connection card. Easy enough. But if, if you call Wellspring Church home, all we would ask is that you would ask God, what would you have me give above and beyond what I already give? Or if this is home for you and you don't give it all, if you would ask God, God, would you have me give something so that we can further fulfill the mission of making disciples of all nations through gospel-centered worship, service, and community. And hopefully, based on stepping out on faith, expecting God to do great things, in two and a half months when we close, we'll have that additional $10,000 on hand so that we can move forward with purchasing. A couple of things that came to mind as I'm talking about that. We believe after our down payment, once, once we sign, that our, our rent, um, our, that our mortgage payment will be about the same as our lease or our rent money. So that's going to be negligible on, on the budget. Um, uh, there was something else in my mind that escaped me. Anyway, that's, that's uh, the one thing that, that I, I've been asked several times, times is how much more is it going to cost? Well, we think it's going to be negligible. It's going to be about the same. Oh, I remember we have two banks that we're working with currently. We're just working to get the best deal for our church. But we already have two people that are interested. However, they have made it clear that we'll have to have 20% down um, for that, which is about roughly $10,000. Um, hopefully, uh, if we move forward like we expect, we'll close at the end of March. And then uh, we'll begin building our addition the day that we close, and then we're expecting to be done with that addition sometime in June. If you know anything about construction, that means we'll be done sometime in August. <laughs> All right? And then we'll be ready to occupy that. Does that make sense? But you can get lost in the what and the how if you lose focus of the why. It's all about bricks and, and wood and and uh, hammers and nails and all of that stuff if you get stuck on the what and the how. But the why is the reason that we're doing this. The why is about people. It's about disciples. And it's about pointing people in southwest Missouri to Christ. And if we'll keep focused on the why, the what and the how will take care of itself. We believe. This, just this past week, Mary Jo came back from a meeting that she had. And she told me a story uh, about a group of, of people that were friends. That she was out hanging out with some, with some uh, ladies that, she, that she's friends with. She came back and she said, Scott, so, such a cool story. There were a group of, of people in our area that were, that were hanging out. And somehow, Wellspring Church came up. And one of Mary Jo's friends said, well, yeah, I know about Wellspring Church. Actually, um, Phil uh, is a friend of ours. And then her husband, uh, Mary Jo's husband, Scott, is the pastor. They're on staff together. 
And they're the ones that, that are, are helping lead um, Wellspring Church. And a person that we've never even met said, I've heard good things about Wellspring. God is up to something out there. I share that to tell you God is up to something out here. And part of that is making disciples. And the way that happens, we believe as a, as a board of elders is that we need to move on this property while we have the ability to do so. And at the same time, build the addition on the back so that we can make disciples of all nations through our gospel-centered worship, service, and community. If you're a guest here this morning, exciting things are happening. We would encourage you to join us. As a matter of fact, in just a couple weeks, we're going to have a new member meeting. And what happens is it's right after this service, and we'll meet in this classroom, one of the three that, that we have, um, on, the, on the back side of, of the sanctuary. We offer lunch, and then we go through our, our, um, uh, our vision statement. We go through our, our, our purpose. We, we have this covenant that everybody that's a member signs, and we kind of flesh out what I've talked about this morning. We would love nothing more than for you to join us in this endeavor, this thrilling ride that we are about to take so that people in our area will look more like Christ tomorrow than they do today. We would ask you to join us. It's going to be a great, exciting few months. And that happens February 9th. In fact, on, right in front of you, the, take that connection card. If you just write your name and just put new member class on there, I'll contact you this week. We offer lunch so that way we have a count. I'll contact you this week so that we can make sure that you're accounted for the new member class. Because the next few months are going to be very exciting. Because when you join a church at the ground level, you're joining something that will outlive you, outlast you, and will out-impact you. Maybe even 250 years from now.